Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. If I told you that people were concerned about what's happening in space, I imagine that wouldn't come as much of a surprise because we've been talking about this quite a lot lately. But now an Australian space industry expert says that he has concerns about the deployment of potentially threatening technology in space amid competition from Russia and China. Space Industry Association of Australia CEO James Brown. Space Industry Association of Australia? I'll allow it. I didn't know there was one, but I'll allow it says that there are currently concerns regarding new technologies in space, including satellites with robotic arms that could be used to grapple and pull other satellites down. Now, I know we tend to think of space as we don't think of it much, right? We think of the satellites are up there and they're floating around and they're making it so your phone works and your GPS works and you get your cable TV and, well, not cable, obviously, satellite, but you know what I mean. They're up there just doing their business, taking care of things. And then every once in a while, one goes sour and it falls into the atmosphere and it burns up. And again, we don't think about it too much. But with recent developments like Space Force becoming a branch of the military and the Chinese launching their own space station because they're not allowed to participate with us in the International Space Station and the Russians saying that they're going to put a space station up because they're wanting to leave participation with us in the International Space Station, well, there are some concerns. Add to this that there's a massive amount of stuff up there and there's only so much space. Well, that's not quite true. There's actually an enormous amount of space what I mean is there's only so much useful real estate, geopositionally speaking, in the space around the Earth. What we're seeing right now is too many satellites, and especially the ones that are not functional anymore, taking up useful slots in that relatively limited space that we use for everything. And so the problem of how do you move the space junk out of that orbit into there's actually a junk belt where we can safely store this stuff and you've got Elon Musk putting up his Starlink satellites, which are apparently going to be going online for use on cruise ships, of all things. And you start to think about more of what's going on up there. We'll add to this that now China, in January of this year, put up a satellite grabber satellite? Yeah, a satellite that basically moseyed on over to one of their own older satellites that was in trouble or had gone defunct, and then gently moved it up into its future home in the space junk orbit. Well, this is good, right? China's cleaning up the debris. Somebody has to. It's just like your local park. If all anybody ever does is throw the wrappers down and nobody ever cleans up the cigarettes, well, eventually there's all clutter and it's a problem. But obviously, a satellite-grabbing satellite could be used not just to clean up your own bad junk, but maybe to clean up somebody else's junk or not junk. You even have reports that the Russians are trying things like lasers from the ground, in this case, to dazzle satellites. The idea here being that if you can aim an appropriately strong laser from the ground at the receptors of a satellite in orbit, you can dazzle it, daze it render it non-functional for some period of time, or perhaps permanently. Now, this is hard to do because aiming from the ground into the sky is difficult, but obviously a laser that's going to penetrate the atmosphere and be on target and do damage is not the most easy thing to create. So a much better alternative from an 
economics point of view is build a laser that you can mount on a satellite that you can put up in space, and then all it has to do is shoot a little ways over there to the other satellites that are nearby. It's not dealing with the atmosphere. It can move and adjust itself to its target and perhaps be a weapon of sorts in space. You also had the issue where Russia blew up one of its own defunct satellites in space in an anti-satellite missile test. Now, it was their own again, but the explosion produced a cloud of thousands of pieces of space debris moving at tens of thousands of miles an hour and actually had such a threat to the ISS that they had to move into shelter as a precaution against getting hit because a little tiny piece of metal going thousands of miles an hour in space can damage almost anything. So what is the solution to all of this as space becomes an ever more important part of what we do here on Earth and what we're trying to do elsewhere? Well, maybe all of the countries will just cooperate with each other and it won't be a problem because here on Earth we do such a good job of it, right? Well, that's why you have a space force. That's why the Chinese are trying to displace the United States over the course of the next couple of decades as the primary space power. That's why the Russians want to establish dominance. And oh, by the way, did you know they have sent more probes to other planets than anybody else? Yeah, the number's kind of amazing, really. You don't hear much about it, but yeah, the Russians didn't just do Sputnik and quit. So will the future of space be competition? Will the future of space be the United Nations in space? I don't know. But we're getting to the point where those kinds of questions need answers quickly. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.